Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre. Hello, and welcome back to episode 46 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man, chatting to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them, and also what our Manx-born and bred performers are doing further afield. Coming up on this week's podcast... I'm joined by two of my fellow cast members, Michelle Kane and Toby Smith, and director Darren Webb from the Service Players' upcoming production of One Man, Two Governors. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. While you're there, make sure you give us a like and click subscribe or follow or whatever it is you need to do to make sure you never miss an episode. Well, it's been a while since our last episode back in March, in which I chatted to the cast of St Ninian's High School's cast of six, and I have to say what a fantastic production that it was, where there were some really strong and well-rehearsed performances throughout, especially from Emma and Ava, who were unfortunately able to join us on the last episode. There's also been quite a lot going on since the last episode. Firstly, it was Mad for Easter Festival of Plays, in which the service players took home the silverware for Best Play in the One Act Festival, along with Best Stage Design, Best Supporting Actress Sarah Radcliffe, and a number of Best Actress and Best Supporting Actor Actress nominations, all for The Photograph. And Michelle Kane picked up Best Actress for her performance in the service players' other entry, Lovers. Lisa Smith also walked away with the award for Outstanding Contribution to the Festival. Lisa has acted, directed and written plays for the festival for many years now, so it was lovely to see her getting some recognition for all of her hard work. In the Junior Festival, the Broadway Theatre Company took home the majority of awards, and in the full-length play festival, White Cobra Productions from Northamptonshire pretty much swept the board with their performance of Martin McDonagh's The Lonesome West. Following that was the Manx Festival of Music, Drama and Dance, or as the Guild as it's most commonly known, which saw many amazing performances, and Debbie Gooding win the coveted Cleveland Medal. Further afield, Sam Barks has had a busy few months. Not only did she complete her 600 performance as Elsa in Disney's Frozen at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane on Friday the 12th of March, but she also filled in for Elaine Page for three weeks on her Radio 2 Sunday show, had her own concert with a star-studded guests at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane on the 30th of May. Sam also appeared on what is now one of my favourite podcasts called The Last Show on Earth. This podcast is hosted by West End and Broadway legends John Owen Jones, who has played the Phantom, Jean Valjean, and many other roles in Les Mis, and most recently he played Phil Hollinghurst, parodying Paul Hollywood in the Great British Bake Off musical, and Alistair Brammer, who played Chris in the 25th anniversary production of Miss Saigon, Prouvaire in both the Les Mis 25th anniversary production and the movie with Sam. Alistair also found fame, like Sam, in the TV talent show Any Dream Will Do which was looking for a new Joseph for Bill Kenwright's new production of Joseph as an Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. The podcast invites their guests, which include many of theatre's big names, including Matt Lucas, Aaron Tviet, who was on Girard in the Les Mis movie, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Maz Murray, Michael Ball, and many others, to describe what would be their perfect last show on Earth to see before a giant asteroid hits and kills us all. They cast the show, say who they'd like to join them, choose their ideal interval drinks and where they'd go for their post-show meal, all littered with many humorous anecdotes of shows that they've performed in. It's available on all the usual platforms, and I can fully recommend a listen. After all that, she also managed to squeeze in a month in Corfu as a judge on the new ITV show, Mamma Mia, I Have a Dream, which, in a similar style to the BBC show I'd Do Anything, in which Sam first caught the eyes of the nation, seeks to find a new Sophie and Sky for the London production of ABBA musical Mamma Mia. Elsewhere, not only is Perry Day enjoying wonderful reviews as part of the cast of Guys and Dolls at the Bridge Theatre in London's West End, where Perry is playing Angie the Ox alongside Daniel Mays as Nathan Detroit, but it would appear he's also had a number of performances playing the lead role of Sky Masterson. Guys and Dolls is playing at the Bridge Theatre until the 2nd of September 2023. Make sure you keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Right. Down to business. I'm joined in the studio today by my two governors, Michelle Kane and Toby Smith, and my other governor, Darren Webb, ahead of the service place production of One Man, Two Governors at the Gaiety Theatre in just a few short days' time. I know, that's a bit scary. So, here I am, one man with three governors. Toby and Michelle, welcome back. And Darren, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Buzzwam! Hello. Hello, hello. So, guys, we're, we, well, we're recording this on the Sunday at the end of TT. For us, we've got about... 10 days to go but by the time this goes out we're probably just we're just at the start of the week just about to head into tech mm. 
Mm-hmm. How do you think? How are things going for us? I think they're going really well, personally. We're lucky to have a good cast, so well, other than Toby, obviously. Obviously, but yeah, no, because I'm in a good superb. Place. Just, just in a good place, I think. So, Toby and Michelle, you're playing the two governors. Uh, Michelle, you are playing a, a split role. Yes, I got a lovely split role of a female character portraying her deceased twin brother. Yes, you're playing Rachel and Roscoe Crab. I am. So it's, I mean, it's it's no secret from the start really that that Rachel is is in disguise. I think it's made clear pretty early on, really, isn't it? And yeah, definitely within the first. Yes, yeah, a, a certain character recognizes you from the yes. very start. Yes, in yeah, the very Lloyd, first yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, within a couple of pages you've been on it, it's clear actually you're you're all one in disguise. So we're not giving away anything. No. Massive at this point. No. So. And they're not identical twins, I don't think. Oh, let's Ooh, not get into that. that that's a bit of a touchy that, that subject. Just, yeah, let's not do that. You'll upset her. So, so let's do, <laughs> give us a little bit of background then to to, to Rachel slash Roscoe. So Rachel and Roscoe are, as we've mentioned already, twins from the east end of London. Um, Roscoe fell into the gangster scene, whereas Rachel was a more sweet and innocent character. But Roscoe getting into a bit of trouble has a bit of an argument with uh, with Stanley Stubbers, who is Toby's character. Yeah, so Stanley Stubbers is uh, you know he's very far back. He's probably ex forces. Uh, he's a he's a jolly jolly good chap, uh, boarding school trained, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, you know, he's not um, he's not he's not perfect by any stretch of anybody's imagination. He's a, he's a bit of a naughty boy, and he can get himself in uh, over his head on occasions. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, very much in love with uh, Rachel and searching for her wherever she might be. So at the start of the start of the play, then, the, or sort of the, the the prologue to the play, or, the, or even before that. Um, there's been an argument, and uh, Stubbers has killed. Roscoe. I think Stubbers won the argument. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and some of the texts suggest there was perhaps a, a tiny bit of premeditation even yes. in in the winning of that argument. Uh, but surprisingly, or or maybe not actually, for those of us who have brothers and sisters, <laughs> uh, his sister doesn't seem that bothered about the fact that um, yeah he came off second best, and because of that, then. Rachel and Stanley, they're on the run from the police Indeed. and they're trying to get themselves out of the country and they're heading off to, God forbidden, Australia, Ugh. home of opera and an outdoorsy life outdoorsy fueled life. by lager and barbecues. Yeah. Barbecues. Yeah. yeah, horrendous. Terrible. Awful. But it's been a bit like the Isle of Man this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just without the op. Yeah. Yeah, we just had the sound of bikes, the roar of just, bikes yeah. instead. There you go. I but they're, the music. they're obviously on their way to, to Southampton to, to board a ship because it's 1963. Mm-hmm. So they're about to board a ship for Australia, but obviously the ports are, are busy looking for uh, for Rachel and, and Stanley. So they've decided to uh, hold up in Brighton beforehand because it's close but it's safer than, than actually being in Southampton where, where the police are going to be looking for them and whilst they're in Southampton they call in on Charlie the Duck who Charlie they the are Duck. going to definitely swindle out of a bit of money that was owed to Rachel's father yeah I mean they're going to try, try. Yeah. but for, to, in order to swindle somebody out of money uh, they require money mm-hmm. um, and as the play goes on <laughs> we find out really how wealthy that man is mm. And whilst in Brighton, they call upon. Well, I think actually they no, because they've they've met Henschel in London, haven't they? Rachel, yes. Rachel I, slash yes. Roscoe, uh, whilst in disguise, comes across Thomas Henschel. Not Thomas Henschel. That's my father. <laughs> <laughs> against Francis Henschel, while he's busking in Victoria Station, and nuts a fella, and she hires him as a as, as a, a minder. minder. Yes. So he takes him off into. Is he quite muscly? Well, I, it's all fat, really. <laughs> <laughs> just method, a, just a bit of pattern. Yeah, yeah, just a bit, bit of bit of bit of winter warmth. He can handle himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then whilst Henschel and Rachel or Roscoe are hiding up in in Brighton, he bumps into Stanley Stubbers and finds himself a second employer in there. Well, he needs Stanley needs a Batman. Uh, you know, he's not he's not used to uh, having to handle you know the day to day realities of life by himself. He needs he needs a he needs a man really to help him with that kind of stuff. So yeah. He's on the lookout for one, and then, lo and behold, Francis comes on the scene. And from this point on, he's one man with two governors, and hilarity ensues as he tries to keep the two governors apart who are actually trying to find each other. And, yeah, it's he's not the brightest lad, is he? Which one? I don't think, I don't think any of them are that bright, to be fair. Well, no, no. I think uh, Rachel is probably the brightest uh, in the cast by some distance. Yeah. Although that's not saying a lot. 
<laughs> Are we talking the fair, cast of characters? None got real malice in it at all, really. No. It's, no. Just no. A, it's just a really I mean, there is some murder. Circumstance. But, you know, malice. Yeah, it's well. kind of, it's, it is made clear that it was accidental, but yeah. planned. It was accidentally, it was on, accidentally purpose. on purpose. Accidentally yeah. on purpose, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Darren, then. Um, yes. You are the director of this wonderful production. I am indeed, yes. Um, you've done a few one acts before, but this is your first full length? Yeah, uh, first full length, yeah. So... What then has been the most difficult part in directing Toby Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Not throttling. How long, how long have you got? <laughs> no, it, to be honest, it's been quite a dream because I was away for two weeks of it, so I didn't have to do it all. But no, it's been it, the casting process was great. I basically got all the cast I wanted, so I was very, very happy with that. And it's just been really just the the juggling. It's not something I've had to done, do before where I'm having to look after everything or have a. A, th- a thumb in every pie, as it were. Yeah, I mean, there's about um, 15, I think, or so in the cast, isn't there? So it's, it's quite yeah. a quite a big cast. Yeah, big cast. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of requirements for things like props and set, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I've, we've really pulled back on the set because it's such a character-driven play. Yeah. It, it, I didn't want to go mad with the set. You know, when you go to some shows, sometimes you just wow at the set and you don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to the characters. But yeah. the characters in this are so so sort of strong, very very definite characters. And, I and think they if do you, drive it. Yeah. And if you're going for a, a production that was going to be running for 6, 12, 18 months, then, you know, it would pay for itself. But for a short production of sort of three, four, three, four shows... Yeah. You know, it's it's a big expense to go in for just that such, such a short run. Yeah, absolutely. And also, the the, the, the oh, I don't want to sound like I'm blowing their trumpets, but the, the cast are so strong, they are going to nail the characters. And yeah, I just think I think the audience are going to be really, really surprised at, at the level of character they bring to it. It's not just a case of reading some words off a page. They've all thought about the characters. They've all rounded and shaped them to not imitate the shows that have been done before, but they've certainly put their own stamp on it. Yeah, uh, and the, the characters that come across are superb. So yeah, I'm actually really excited to sit and watch it. So this lie. this show then, One Man Two Governor, was it was first done back in 2011 at the National mm-hmm. Theatre. Yeah, um, and it was written by a man called Richard Bean, and it was raced, raced based on a piece of old Commedia dell'arte from mm-hmm. about 17 no 1472 or 1742, something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. 1743. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original piece was called The Servant of Two Masters, or <clears throat> if we're going to be flashy here. Il Salvatore di Due Padroni. Uh, to I, give it its original n- Italian title. No mozzarella with that, thank you. <laughs> Heavy on the parmesan. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that was a play originally by a, a guy called um, Carlo Goldoni. Mm-hmm. Commedia dell'arte, for, the, for those who know, for those who are out there, you know, the Guardian readers, the hummus eaters. It, it, it's based around a, a lot of um, of improvisation. Mm-hmm. There were very, some very specific characters and there were very specific stories, but a lot of what they did was all based around improvisation. And then there's a lot of improvisation within this script as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I mean, a lot of the words that come out of the cast mouth don't show in the, in the script. Toby Smith. Um, but, <laughs> no, That's for a different it. purpose. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of those where the... It's really difficult to stick to the script yeah. because it's of a time, and the actual scripts have got some terrible spelling mistakes. But oh, that's a whole yeah. different story. Yeah. But no, it's it's a it's a really good play. You can have fun with it. You know, it's it's a it's a roadmap, not a specific route. Yeah. So you can play with it. There's some there's some very detailed scenes with a lot of quick fire exchanges, and then you've also got some lovely pauses with some real physical stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a real fun one to direct because it's got a bit of everything. I mean, there are there are some sections certainly for myself as as Francis, where it literally just says two lines, wrestles with trunk, gets a couple of members from the audience, exactly. But that actually turns out to be about seven minutes worth oh, of yeah. theatre. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's right. classic farce as well, though, isn't yes. it? That's yeah, what I like about it is it's it's farce, but it's farce that feels a lot more modern. Yeah. Than- and you've got, especially with the dining room scene, there's a lot of doors opening, doors closing, yep. people going in and people yep. going out. And My favourite part of it, though, is the amount of fourth wall breaking that goes on. Yeah. There, there's so much audience involvement, not necessarily just with some physical stuff, but also being kept up to date with how the characters are feeling or what they're doing. Um, and you don't get that in a lot of shows. A lot of shows, it is just confined to the stage. This yeah. is a lot nicer. Yeah, everyone talks to the audience at, at yeah, some point, at or some other, point, don't they? Yeah. yeah, everyone's got words to the audience which is great because it does get them involved and yeah I just think it's going to be a really fun show for people to come and see they're going to walk out with definitely with a smile on their face um, and yeah really really looking forward to it I think you're right I think that makes I think that makes the play a lot more comprehensible actually yeah mm. I think it really helps people to understand not that it's a complicated plot because it's not complicated but sometimes you know when you go and watch a play and you think why has he said that or what's going on there and, and any at any point that's like that it's really well explained mm. Um, so everybody's kind of up to speed all the time. 
Yeah, and there's, there's, there's a little bit of language, but not, there's nothing in there that, that's offensive. No, not at all. No, it's it's, it's a clean, wholesome night out yeah. mostly. I mean, I would say I would say probably high school kids. I wouldn't say. Oh, certainly bring they'd, in. Yeah, yeah, they'd have fun bring with it. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm not bringing my primary school kids. No, to I'm not bringing mine. No, but yeah, I would say sort of teens upwards. Yeah, it would it would be definitely suitable. It's, it's not one that you would want an 11 year old maybe going to. No, but no, um, nothing worse than they probably hear at school already. Anyway. Oh no, they probably hear yeah. a lot worse at school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of good physicality in it as well. So there are some, as you as Toby said, it is it is a farce. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of physicality from certain characters. <laughs> <laughs> don't i just know it <laughs> yeah and and we've we've tweaked it a little bit we've made some little wee changes so we've changed the gender of one of the characters we've expanded on one of the characters as well to give them a little bit more of a story yeah um and yeah i think it's i think it's going to be a really nice version and as i've said already we're lucky there's no james corden involvement yeah <laughs> do you know this I, it's not until i mean I, i've always liked this play and when i saw it on the the national theater at home i was like oh that's amazing i was like that is a play that I would love to do at some point. So then when it came up six or eight months ago that we were considering it, it was like, oh, yes, 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 must do this, must do this, must do this. But, you know, it's not really until I started rehearsals with it and realising how much that I really loved it that I realised that this, for me, is, that's a bucket list role ticked oh, and yeah. done. That's, yeah. Oh, so, it's a cracking character. Oh, it's fantastic. Such it's a good character. So much fun. Yeah. On so many different levels as well. Mm. I'm still finding little bits. Yeah, so fun little bits. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, oh right, that's why they're doing that, and that's why he's saying that, and yeah, it's well written, really well. Yeah, it's really well written. Yeah, and I, I love Alfie as well, and his and his hearing problems, and yeah, and so trying to lying. work out <laughs> what it is that he thinks he's heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's even on the same wavelength. No, no, no. no. No, he's 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 the fun character. Yeah. We've given we've given him a little bit more fun stuff as well. So yeah. I'm not sure if I'll, I'll ever work out what he was thinking about when he said I had, they had to put paper down because I had eaten a banana I just no it's, it's so random but <laughs> as I say it's so not related healthy. to anything that any of the characters have said no, no. he's no. just uh, yeah. he's just talking about his day it's like yeah. what, what's he thought he's heard that, but, uh, <laughs> so anyway looking to the rest of the cast then uh, we've got Charlie the Duck Charlie Clench uh, is played by Jeff Pugh mm-hmm. who is a, a, a top top man absolutely oh, love Jeff. Yeah, and service Jeff. players regular yes, yeah, and, and fresh from well I say fresh. I think he's had a shower. So, <laughs> from playing the monster in uh, Young Frankenstein earlier this year yeah, with the DCU, yeah, very good in that, which was fantastic. Pauline Clench, his daughter, is played by Beth and Owen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Dangle, his solicitor, is played by Chairman Chris Kane. Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's a service plays production, so we have to have one of the Canes. In. Oh, I see. Oh, we managed to get both. It seems like a royal. Well, in fact, yes. Century three. Well, yes, yes, actually, yes. We oh, had three. Yeah. This could be a family affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his son then, Alan. Uh, is played by Andrew Dayton. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Andrew in a, in a lead role. Possibly the the role he was born to play. Oh, for sure. 100%. 100%. Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely, definitely Andrew all over. And he's he's loving it as well. He's having a lot of fun with it. He's well. having a lot of fun with it. And just uh, just to give him a nice big tick, he was the first one off book as well. Just saying. And his knife work is spectacular. Oh, yes. Yes, the knife work is ridiculous. Yeah, some of us have got a lot of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got more lines in one scene than some people have got the whole show. <laughs> True story. Yeah. yeah, you've probably got more lines than everybody else put together. Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Dolly. So Dolly is uh, Charlie's bookkeeper, mm-hmm. and she is played by Sarah Elder, mm-hmm. the lovely Sarah. And she is also Francis's love interest. Mm. Oh, he's crushing bad. Fun fact: This will be the third, if not the fourth, time that Sarah and I will have played romantically leads against <laughs> each other. Yeah, I she has raised that. that. She did raise that. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Funny how it goes, We keep getting paired together. It's, it's Absolutely. Interesting. Uh, so Lloyd, now this is one of the characters that we've changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lloyd is traditionally played by an Afro-Caribbean mm-hmm. actor. However, there's not a great deal of those around on the island, unfortunately. So he's being played by Dr. John Snelling. Mm-hmm. Dr. John. And uh, we've, we've turned him into a, an East End gangster to be part of Charlie's gang, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was more... I think it fits better. Yeah, I, I think it, it just comes across. Whoever it was had to be part of like the East End gang scene, um, and certainly I think the, the character John's developed really does fit quite well. Yeah, um, very open, very honest sort of guy. Says what he means. Got a bit of a eye twitch as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, really good character. Yeah, really yeah. good character. Yeah, John smashes it as always. So. Yeah, French Essential, we won't talk about him. Uh, no, Rachel Crabbe, Stanley Stubbers, yeah, the less said about him, the better. So Alfie then, Alfie the waiter. Um, yeah, Kane. Howard Kane. Howard Kane. And this is this is a wonderful piece of 
of, of physical acting mm-hmm. again, some some acrobatics, and so Alfred is the the doddery old waiter working in the the restaurant at the Cricketers Arms. Oh, and he hasn't been working there that long, actually. No. Well, no, it's his first no, day, isn't it? I mean, what, he's 86? No, he's 87, isn't he? I can't remember. He's 87. He can't, 87. Remember. He can't yes. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember yet. Yeah, and unfortunately, he, he, yeah, he falls well foul way, of... Is he? He's not a well man. No. He falls foul of doors and stairs and, yeah. He's remarkably rubbery, though, for an older chap. Yes, he's very, very... Uh, yeah, he's, he's a bit like a weeble. He wobbles, but he doesn't mm. fall down. Or if he does, he gets straight back up again. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's a good character. He's made of stern stuff. He's definitely made of stern stuff. Obviously, been on the, the cod liver oil just to keep him yes, supple. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> those yoga sessions help. Uh, they would definitely help. Yeah. Uh, the other character we've had to change slightly is the head waiter. Normally Gareth, but we've changed we've it to Gabriella. Gabriella, which is the lovely Viv Toro. Yes, um, who's just so such a funny actress. <laughs> There's no one rehearsal where we haven't laughed our asses off. So, can I say that? Yeah, yeah, I can say that. We've laughed a lot. There's yeah. been a lot of laughter. There has there has been a lot. There of has laughter. There has been a lot of laughter. Mainly at Toby, but yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, because of Toby. <laughs> no, because of Toby. Yeah. Oh, and just one shout out for a non-member of the cast, but my AD, the lovely Rachel Jockin. Oh yes. Um, she's been an absolute superstar. Yes. Because um, unfortunately, I did take a holiday right in the middle of rehearsals, and I came back to uh, find us in a much better place than when I left. So yeah, she's off. got a real mean streak, actually. Yeah. Has I was she? quite surprised by how mean she is. Really. Which is, I'm assuming, you know, what you wanted. Well, I didn't have a clue. Um, it's, it's what was needed yeah. to, to keep Toby in line, though. Yeah. Nobody keeps Toby. She's in got line. a good whip arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strong. That's whip far arm. too much information, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Rachel. Rachel did a brilliant job whilst whilst you were away. That she she really helped us get knock the edges off some of those scenes and, and get them yeah. get them. She doesn't the take any nonsense either. No, no, she doesn't. She's quite yeah. a, a firm hand. Yeah, she's a firm hand. Yeah. yeah, I'm just the light and fluffy one. Mm-hmm. Good cut, bad cut. I like the way you sent that in a really light and fluffy way as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got a number number of other small roles to be filled in. So there's there's, yeah, there's, there's a barman, um, which is Rachel's son Callum. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a taxi driver played by Bob Witcher. Um, a few coppers. A few coppers. There's an old lady who's uh, going to be Viv as well. So yeah, she's doubling up. And also there's going to be the changing cast every night. The mm-hmm. uh, the audience participation aspect. Yes. yes. Which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, like this is one of those those sets where there's there's big sections of chatting with the audience, and you know, as much as they they like to be improvisation and, and off the cuff, I've got lots of things in my brain that I've been working on. That like, let's talk about the sandwiches, and there's the case, and there's there's yeah. all sorts, there's all sorts. Yeah, so in the game to say what's the runtime going to be, we don't know. Well, yeah, yeah we don't know. We yeah. really don't know. It's give or take fifteen minutes, depending yeah. on what what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah, and how, go- how gobby the cra- the uh, yeah. audience yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. So how chatty the audience are. Yeah, the matter yeah. they might be a bit shorter than the evening session because might be safe. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's all, it all depends on how quick Alfie works, really, doesn't yes. it? Yes, I mean, that's, um, that's, yeah. and we've also got live music in it as well. Yes, which is, which is nice to add in as well, just to just to build a bit of the the um, atmosphere for the time. So that should be good fun. Yeah, so they're they're going to playing a lot of sort of skiffle rock and roll type yeah, stuff. So just skiffle rock and roll songs, just in between each scene and before and after. Um, yeah. And there's a really vicious room that the cast might be singing as well. Indeed. <coughs> <coughs> over-rehearsed, I think, on that, really, if anything, is my concern. Uh-huh. You're, you're over-rehearsing it? Over-rehearsing the song. <laughs> no, 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 we're leaving it till the last minute, because then it's fresh in your mind, you see. Oh, I see. Oh, is that how it works? That's what I'm told. Oh, right. That's what the book said. Oh. <laughs> Do the song last. So that's what I did. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. Right, okay. Um, let's do something a little bit different. Um, let's just see how much attention you've been paying to Ooh, quiz time. rehearsal over the last few months. So we've got a little, little bit, of a, bit of a quiz here. So if you want to get your paper and pens ready. We've got eight questions. Are all the questions about me? No. Oh, dear. <laughs> Always all about you, Toby. You know that. So some of them are definitely related to our production. Mm-hmm. Some are to do with the script. Some are general knowledge about the play itself. So we'll see. And I would say that probably the majority of them, with the exception of maybe two, we've probably already talked about. Oh. <gasps> so we've got a chance of not getting it. <laughs> so it depends on how much attention you've been paying for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> right, okay. Question number one. Dun, dun. Which character has the first line of the show. Oh, I think Michelle's looking a bit smug there. I think Michelle knows what, knows what it is. 
Darren, Darren's got as well. Toby, Toby looks like he hasn't got a clue. Toby looks like he's been looking at my sheet. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's no excuse, Toby. Even more reason that you should be paying attention. Well, and the fact he's normally late for rehearsals, he probably <gasps> well, wouldn't have seen it that much. Slander. It's only slander if it's not true. It's yeah. efficient timing, though, if you're not in scene one. Well, you should be practicing your lines. <laughs> okay, question number two: Who has the last spoken line of the show? And both for, both for the for both of these questions, if you know what the line is, there will be a bonus point. Everyone's scribbling. Oh no, Michelle's looking a bit. And I'm not going to include the song, so it's before the song. Okay. Right. Question three: Who wrote "One Man, Two Governors"? Oh, Toby's looking smug with that one. But where's he really been? <laughs> I think he's just playing nuts and crosses there by himself, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Amazing. Okay, this one's a little bit, bit trickier. The original National Theatre production was staged at which theatre? Ooh. That's just sneaky. Because <laughs> it's not the National Theatre. Well, it might it is the National Theatre, but there are several theatres within the National Theatre. So. Mm. so which theatre? Okay, number five. Harry Dangle is very fond of spouting a bit of Latin, but what does Ars Amandi mean? Or awesome Andy. No, Pauline. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, are we done? Yes. Okay, and question number six. What is the name of the original piece of Commedia dell'arte that one man is based on? Bonus points for the Italian translation. Are we done? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, is someone cheating with a phone over there? Only if they've been prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I call a Wikipedia Ooh. deduction. That'll work against you, Smith. Question number seven. Mm-hmm. What is my character's full name? I'm even saying it in a voice. It's in my head. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Okay, question number eight. This mm-hmm. is the last one, then. How many things is Francis seen to consume during the play? Now, I'm not going to talk about his stash and everything that he's got in there afterwards. What is he seen <clears throat> to consume during the play? I can see Toby's brain busy trying to count and work his three way through. Stop the pretending I have a brain. <laughs> you know the bit in in Friends where where Joey's doing his acting class and and it's working about how to con- be confused, and he's like dividing three hundred sixty five thousand two hundred twelve by thirteen. That's what's going on in Toby's face right now? <laughs> I see a little abacus moving. Things get yes. Right. No. Okay. No. Oh. No. Oh. It's, it's, it's quite a long list. I'm going to say it, I have more is. to write. It's quite a long list, actually. I'm still in Act One. <laughs> Just not the first scene. <laughs> oh, that's a cracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we done? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I'll edit some of this silence out. Okay, let's have the answers then, shall we? Uh, mm-hmm. So question one, which character has the first line of the show? Harry Dangle. Charlie. I thought it was Charlie. It's Harry Dangle. Damn and it. he says... Alan and Pauline, or Pauline and Alan. Happy engagement, Pauline and Alan. That was close. So that's one for Darren, Boom. none for Michelle, none for Toby. Question number two, who was the last spoken line of the show? Stanley Stubbers. Stanley Stubbers. Yummy. It is yummy. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I rounded it off nicely to start and finish. Okay, so that's, so far that's two for Darren, one for Toby. I'm outnumbered mm-hmm. here, okay. None for Michelle. I'm outnumbered. Question number three, who wrote One Night Two Governors? Richard Bean. Richard Bean. <laughs> oh, Michelle. <laughs> Carlo Gio something. Carlo Gio something. Carlo Gio something. I like that. Carlo answer. Goldoni. I, I, well, I think that's worth half a point. Well, yeah, we'll give you half a half point. Half a point. Because yes. he wrote the play that it was based on. Mm, yeah. Okay. okay, question four, the tricky one. Which theatre was the original National Theatre production staged at in 2011? Complete guess at the Haymarket. Littleton Theatre. Brighton. Uh, that's no points all around because Toby cheated on Wikipedia. Ah, <laughs> yes, that would be why. I think when you're doing some kind of test, you know, part of the test is can you prepare? Can you prepare for the test? <laughs> you can't take and the if you're going to anticipate you. what some of those answers might be, I think that's fair. But referring to a device is probably... Che- would you you, would you do that fair. in a quiz? Oh, in a my, God, quiz? my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid question. <laughs> Public schoolboy history. Okay, question five. I demand the marks. Harry Dangle is fond of spouting a bit of Latin, but what does Arsamandi mean? The art of love? 
I put to love, but... I didn't get it. It's the art of loving. Oh. Close enough, Darren. I'll let you have that one. Oh, I'll help you with that. <clears throat> Toby gets minus three for that one. So. I'm not doing that well. <laughs> I'm going to make it up on the food round, though. It's definitely got more than me, so it's fine. Topian quizzes, not as strongest point. <laughs> music, but don't worry, I've quiz. got a way around. I can do a music quiz. Oh, yes. Just I love not, a quiz. You know. Actually, we should do one of those. Question six. What is the name of the original piece of Commedia dell'arte that one man is based on? The Servant of Two Masters. Il Servitore del Due Mastero. Oh, bingo. Oh, one servant, two gentlemen. <laughs> we'll give you a half for that one, Michelle. Uh, also known as Toby gets that right. I mean, maybe I should. And have Darren been gets a bonus point for saying it in Italian. I got the Italian translation. Well, he didn't say it. So, oh. question number seven. Maybe I should have been cast as Pauline. Mm. Question number seven. What is my character's full name? Oh, we Michelle. Must all have Francis Confidential Ensel. Ensel. <laughs> Francis Confidential Ensel. Toby. Francis Confidential Ensel. He certainly is. <laughs> right. And number eight. Then, how many things is Francis seen to consume during the play? I've got quite a few. Yeah. So I've got some nine. Just go for, balls. go for the go for the no, just the, the total number of, of, of things. Oh. Oh. I've I thought we were looking for the individual six. things. I've well, got eight. You've got eight. I've okay. got about six. Yeah, I'm probably about eight. I've got six, but if you want to count the individual chicken balls, it's then fourteen. So yeah, he yeah. so he has Peanuts. Peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts. The mind super cocktail outside the pub. I put yep. pint of dregs. And I, inc- put the I included in, in that. So I got that, and I also got ate a cigarette and. Yeah, I got fake. No, he doesn't drink that. He doesn't eat the fake. But it goes in your mouth, so t- you've consumed it, but taken mm. it out again. <clears throat> but it's part of the mixed drink, so that's. Well, yeah. 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 Pint of dregs. The letter. The letter, yeah. Oh, the uh, letter. letter. Uh, and then when we get to the dining room scene, there is the soup. Soup. The soup. The pepperoni, the sliced donkey, oh, sliced donkey, yep. and nine chicken balls. But and he also eats veg, and he eats the roast potatoes, and the cheese on the mouse trap. <gasps> well played! Oh, well played! Yes, yeah. Five bonus points for the cheese. See, I lick the cheese, but I don't. Know I also one. had Dolly on my. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, not that sort of show till Saturday. <laughs> Going to say which food sort of component group would you put her in? Um, protein mushroom protein. <laughs> is that because he's a fun guy alright <laughs> <Hey! laughs> oh, so I think let's look at let's try and work out how many we've got there so, I'm pretty sure I won yeah I think I got three Toby you've pretty got sure. minus six <laughs> <laughs> Toby got four Toby got four Toby did good uh, Michelle got two and Darren got one two three Six points for Darren. Darren's the winner. Mm-hmm. I think I was done. Um, and you would hope that the director knows the you most about You would hope so, yeah. It would have been yeah. a disaster if I hadn't. Well it's done. Okay, the nice guys normally come last, so I'll take that. <laughs> they're, they're, no, it's a family show. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going there. there. <laughs> um, I did have a, a tiebreaker question in case anyone... Oh, let's, do it, let's, do, it, let's yeah, do it, let's yeah. do it, let's do it, let's do it. Hang on. Hang on. Winner takes all. Yeah, winner takes oh. all. What's on the table? How, what, how are we going to do it though? Is it going to be written down? Yeah, write down. Oh. Okay. Write it down. Okay. And then I'll ask you to. to are show you me allowed your... to research? No. no. Just to qualify. Phone, phone's, phone's away. away. Just phone's to qualify. Away. Phones where I can see them. Okay. The, so the tiebreaker question was: Had we needed it, how many Tony Award nominations did the 2012 Broadway production receive? The Broadway production. Broadway production, because it needs to be on Broadway to be nominated for a Tony. Of course it does. <laughs> Silly sod. <laughs> no, not a Toby. They're different awards. They'll be released posthumously. I don't think it was nominated. Oddly, I don't think it was nominated for any Olivier's. I don't think it was. Which is shocking. Mm. Right, so show me your numbers, Toby. I went for three. Okay. I went for lucky seven. I went for five. The answer is seven. Ooh. With James Corden winning uh, Best Performance by a Lead Actor in a Play. Wow. It, It won the one, and that was the one it won, but it had... Best set design, best use of music, best costumes, best supporting actor nominations. But they only got one for But only one. Wow. The one award for Mr. Cord. Right. Okay. So I win on both, Toby. No. I thought he was. I thought the question was how many did it win, which is why I said three. No, I said nominations. Oh, yeah. I think I said quite clearly said nominations. I'm sure you yeah, did say clearly. I'm absolutely in agreement with Neil on this one. One step ahead and just. But also, if it was win, you were still wrong. Yeah. But I'd be closest. <laughs> and therefore, the, the rightful victor. 
So actually, as as Darren got got it bang on, he gets fifty bonus points. Oh, as, there we uh, go. And Gryffindor wins. Yay! Yes. <laughs> right. Anyway, before we go, let's have a look at some of the questions that we we tend to ask people all the time when they come onto the podcast. Uh, and there are a couple of new ones here as well. So mm-hmm. from the last time you and Toby, Toby and Michelle you were on, there are a couple of new questions in there. But as we've asked, asked most of them to you two before, we'll we'll have a look at, at Darren for some of these first. So, oh. Darren, then what was it that got you into the theatre initially? I uh, did a load at school. Yeah. First show I did was HMS Pinafore, back before my voice broke and I could actually sing. Um, and then I did a, a really serious one called The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. It's a Bertolt Brecht play. All right. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get the lead in that, and it was a fantastic role. Really evil, to the point my my grandma actually walked out 15 minutes into the show because I scared her, Ooh. which was quite weird. Did a fair bit of telly bits and Bob some extra work. I did quiz shows, and then my little came along, and I got back into it about eight years after meeting up with the Lisa Kreisky. Yeah. And she dragged me into Theatre Fest and not really stopped since then. So yeah, yes, just yeah. really enjoy it. Really yes, enjoy and you've it. been involved in, in a few of those, and also with a few with, with stage events as well, because you yep. were on stage earlier this year, wasn't it? No, uh, last year. End of last year with last Elegies. Last year with Elegies, yes. Yeah, which was phenomenal. That was such a really good show to do. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've done a couple of them. I did um, Our Day Out as well, yeah. which was really good fun. Yeah, so just really enjoying it, and uh, now made the natural move to having a go at directing and not sure if I'll ever do it again. <laughs> it's you know, it, directing is an itch that everyone has to scratch at some point. Yeah, and uh, it, you know, the, the the couple of pieces that I've done this year with both both this and with with the photograph in, in the the one act festival, it was like, yeah, I think that itch has has come back, and it's something that I need to do something mm. sometime soon. I've been meaning to do it for about twenty years, and I think it's about time I got around to doing it. Yeah, Michelle, I'm like that. How you direct, Michelle? Yeah, I've directed three shows. With the was that with the pantaloons or the, oh, the loony pants? Uh, two pantaloons and one loony pants. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. Looney Pants is the adult, is it? Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, is that the way it works? Yes. Ah, okay. So just to, just, to, just to sort of separate yeah, the two. Yeah, keep the family away from so, the, okay. the filth. <laughs> filth, you say? The filth, absolute filth. It's a motto to live by. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, that was it, really. And then, yeah, onwards and upwards. Yeah. Brilliant. Michelle, this is your first time with the service place, isn't it? Outside of the... No, 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 no it's no, not. No, this no, is no. my... Technically my Third. third. So it's my second. Of course, yes, you were in Marion, weren't you? I was in Marion, and then you did the one act. So. Yeah, and then we did yeah. the one act this, this year. So this is my yeah. third. This is my my triple threat. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so you had you've had to put up with Toby twice now, haven't you? I have. Pure joy. Pure joy. Mm-hmm. They always seem to end up loving each other, which is so weird. <laughs> well, no, because the first one, I am sort of there. When in Marion, I was the wench, so I wasn't even concubine. his betrothed or anything. Exactly, no. a concubine. So I was sort of At there. A service. You're still swapping yeah. sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember you were you were mightily impressed though. I oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, you were mightily if impressed. my eyes could roll any further into the back of my head, Darren would have had them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about my location during your love scene. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes, Darren was involved. How nice. So anyway, moving on. What, what's what's the favourite role that you've played then, Darren? Oh, it's got to be Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Stanley the Cart Horse. Was it Stanley? No. no. It Stanley. It was... Um, uh, oh, my uh, God. Uh, it was the Cart Horse. Uh, uh, no. No. I'd look it up on my phone, but I never would tell me off. Oh, no, no, no. I will get it. Oh, it's, yeah, it was... Um, Albert. Albert the Cart Horse. Albert. Albert yeah, Albert. no, definitely Albert the Cart Horse in Wind in the Willows. He was yeah. such a fun character. He was... Yeah. And it, 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 the, the audience really really took to him and he, he was fun to play yeah. he was such a miserable son like. um, <laughs> they're always the best parts of those ones I think it was my favourite yeah. yeah that one that was yeah that one definitely yeah that was the most fun for but sure now that you've sort of you've moved made that move to directing and I think you're possibly going to stay that way is, is there anything else that's on your list that you're thinking oh that's something I'd really love there to is one into. I'm desperate to do yeah um, but I would need to probably wait a couple of years for that because um, the UK tour only finishes in September, so I'm not sure how quickly the rights would come up. Right. Um, it has been done over here before in the junior version, and that's Rock of Ages. All right. I would really, really like to get that one over here, um, just because it's such a feel-good 80s. It's all the music I grew up with. Yeah. I've seen the show in uh, Vegas, London, and Manchester, all completely different casts, mm-hmm. and it was excellent all the way around. And the film didn't really do the stage show justice because the story was very different. Yeah. The stage show's a much nicer story. Yeah. Um, and better music as well. And it, quite often with those kind of kind of movies, sometimes they kind of remove some of the best bits of the of the stage show as well. Yeah, they, they took out the, the whole um they took out a whole lot of music and put a whole lot of music in because yeah. 
fun fact, uh, even though it's named after a Def Leppard song, they couldn't get the rights from Def Leppard for the stage show, but right. they got the rights for the film. Right. So you're in the film, like Tom Cruise sings a couple of Def Leppard songs, and in fact, the introduction on the Broadway cast is David Coverdale from White Snake saying, uh, "Don't sing any Def Leppard songs because we couldn't get the rights." Right. Um, so I would really like to do that one, and and I know just from the talent that's on the island as well pretty much cast it in my head as well. excellent <laughs> so we've got because we are blessed over here with some real real strong strong characters yeah I mean, I've noticed from some of the the musical theatre movies that have come out in, in recent years there are a lot of things that they've a lot of bits that they've taken out I mean when Sweeney Todd was done mm-hmm. 15-20 years ago now it was not long after we did it, we, I did it with the Max Operatic Society and there were some some big chunks that they'd taken out mm. but it wasn't until sort of sitting back and looking at it afterwards a lot of the stuff that they'd taken out was the big ensemble stuff which actually, I mean, it's, it's some fantastic music, but actually we realise that, that a lot of that stuff is there because it's a, a theatrical mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's there to enable the crew to change the massive set behind yep. the, the curtains. It's almost a filler. Yeah, it's a filler, yeah, so that it gives them the time to do what they need to do behind the scenes, where, whereas in a film you can just go cut, cut, and you're there. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Really good yeah. point, that. Um, okay, I know this is what this is one for all all three of you. What is the strangest or funniest thing to go wrong on a stage that you've hopefully managed to keep from the audience? We might have different answers for this in two weeks' time. We might. <laughs> yes, we might. Go on, Toby. You go first. So I've got um, sort of opposites uh, for this, and that is um, either being on in a scene that you're not supposed to be on in. <laughs> Always or interesting. not being on in a scene that you are supposed to be on. Uh, have and, you done both? Uh, I haven't done both, but I, I when we did um when we did much ado and um, with Paradox yes. um last year, there was one particular scene where one of the main actors went on <laughs> in a scene that they weren't in. <laughs> and it was uh, what I can only describe as magnificent, uh, the way that they handled that. Walked on, thought, no, I don't remember being in this bit in rehearsals. <laughs> Walked around the stage a little bit, and then very, very gracefully left the stage. <laughs> as if they had meant to do that entire Walk thing. Walk like conviction, like absolutely, you're supposed to be there. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I would never mention enough. who that was, because that would be unprofessional. Dandy Dancox. <laughs> Earlier this year in Sweeney Todd, as the Beadle Bamford, I had a whistle that I had to blow to start the shaving competition between Adolfo Pirelli and Sweeney Todd. And I walk on stage, and you, you know what it's like? You go, there's something missing, and I can't think can't think what it is. There's something that's not quite right about what I'm doing at the moment. And I walked on stage for the start of this scene, and walking around just going, yes, yes, hello, 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 just sort of milling through the crowd. And I look down and I realise that my whistle is not pinned to my costume where it normally is. And I thought, ah, I kind of need this whistle. (laughs) And I thought, I could just, you know, I've got a good whistle that I can do anyway, but I thought, no. And I thought, actually, I've got quite a lot of time through this scene before it gets to that bit. So I just took a little short walk around the stage, walked off, ran to my dressing room, got my whistle, put it on, <laughs> waited for the appropriate moment, and then Brilliant. just walked back on with purpose as if that was the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's perfectly in time. Perfectly in time for, ah, oh, would the Beatle Bamford be the judge? Certainly. <laughs> so quick note to make a note, make sure his props are left yeah. out of the dressing room. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and then I've done the other one, which is um, not being on in a scene that you're supposed to be on. But kind of, you know, in a cocky kind of standing in the wings, thinking, God, somebody's messed up here. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, the dawn of realisation. I now know who that person oh, no. is. It's me. Uh, and again, it's exactly the same thing. It's just conviction, isn't it? Yeah. So um, in that particular circumstance, I just strolled on the stage, looked around like I completely belonged there and the rest of you are all fools. And away we go the line. Which play was that? It was actually in a production of Our Day Out that we did at secondary school. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that was Mr. Briggs. And uh, there was one scene and I was just stood in the wings, merrily thinking about, when am I on next? Now. Now. Actually, (laughs) two minutes ago. (laughs) About six lines ago. Why has it gone quiet? Yes. Darren, anything for you? Two. um, The first one, I will not name any names or shows. But somebody's mic was not turned off and they decided they had to go to the toilet. Oh. There's been a few of those, I'm aware. Yeah, and it wasn't a number one. Oh. <laughs> so that was quite an experience because, yes, the, not only was it not turned off, the entire audience heard his performance, which was, or her performance, his or her performance. 
Uh, and the other one for me was in Blackadder. Mm-hmm. Whilst doing Strange Another Beetle, and just as we walked through the doors, I felt the trousers drop. <laughs> and it was underneath, and I got, I actually managed to style it out because it had a long coat over the top. Yeah. And I managed to get on and off with my knees literally holding my trousers apart so they didn't go all the way down. What a professional. Mm. Mm, I may have said a few, a few, a few rude words. <laughs> but yeah, no, those were, those were the only two, really. So, oh, and, and then he ran off to the bathroom and forgot to turn his mic on. <laughs> Similar to your first one, though, uh, when I did uh, West Side Story with Magazine Project Society back in 2001, I think it was, uh, one character just about to come on stage stood in the wings and just let a little squeaker go. Unfortunately, his mic had just been pushed up as he let the squeaker go. So everyone on stage, and presumably everyone in the audience, heard... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like... Everyone's uh, trying to be deadly serious and going, did you hear that? Yeah, did you hear that? (laughs) We've all done that on stage. I never have, and I certainly never have. Oh, just me then. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, anything for you? Well, there was this one time. Uh um, A bank. (laughs) (laughs) So one time during Frankenstein, the Pantos, it was like 2010 or 2011, James Turpin was our backstage manager at the time, and he had overfilled a pyro. So it (laughs) literally shook the stage. So everybody on stage is just sitting there going. And then me and my friend, uh, me and Mel Reed at the time, so we were the main characters, ended up saying each other's lines. <laughs> and so we're both looking at each other as if, I say that, why are you saying that? that doesn't... <laughs> okay, whatever. And we just roll with it. And then coming off the stage going, why did that stage actually shake? That was <sighs> that that, that was amazing. That sounds scary. It was, it, was, it was, and it wasn't. It was, it was one of them sort of kind of, that actually just happened or am i am i trembling and then mel goes no that actually happened all right okay okay yeah back back in the days of the dick ray pantos at the gaiety uh, mr davidson at the gaiety was was rather yeah quite it happened quite often he would overfill or overpower a pyro and things would just boom very nice (laughs) very nice and then most recently in the adult panto i was playing the baddie and i had some absolutely killer boots on and I'd been so wonderfully walking now I can fall over a chalk line and I was managing the whole time not to fall over I walk on on the last night the very first scene look at the audience and very nearly lose my footing and everybody goes (laughs) (laughs) and I just give it the beard and carry it down nice Nice. which is what you can do as the villain yeah Yeah. I've played played the villain panto many times but obviously you know you can't go that far when it's a family show but obviously you can when oh, it's an adult panto oh you can when it's the adult panto you can actually tell the audience where to go and it is so invigorating and when is the next one <laughs> that's great uh, that'll be next year ah. mm-hmm. do we know what next year is going to be yet no we've not we're still we're planning the family panto now so right. we've pushed adult panto to the back of the brain for right. the time being that'll be sort of October November time that'll right. be because they need a lot of time to make Mark Britton's outfits. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Or um, lack of outfits. <laughs> lack of outfits yeah. Oh no! Oh no! I've just made it. <laughs> it's like, oh look, here's a napkin. Oh, it's a postage stamp. Fold it in half. There's Mark's. <laughs> Mark, I'm not wearing that. It's far too big. <laughs> right. Another one of our newer questions. Then, is there a, a new show, or maybe just a show that you've discovered recently with a part that you'd love to play, but you can't because we're now the wrong side of. 30, 40, 50. We're too, we're too old to play. I'm not that old. Oh, I'm not that old. I'm pretty sure I believe you are too. Yeah. I believe that actors are ageless. You can you can age up or down for any part. Yeah, but... <laughs> that's not working, really. When you're 44, you your can't... Re- says. That's what, yeah, that's when you're 44, you can't really play a teenager anymore. Yeah, I don't no. think I can get away with probably him Probably not older. Danny Zuko. No. That's no. no. probably gone. No. I don't know. Too old. Not a new show, but yeah. but a show that I was thinking about a little bit the other day because I was thinking, oh, that show is amazing, and I haven't seen it in ages. Was Little Shop of Horrors, Ooh. and I think I've probably gone too old now to play Seymour Crailborn. Yeah, you're more of a mushnick these days. I would be so about the dentist. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's gone. I think that might be gone. Really? Mm. Mm. I don't know. You could get away with it. Depends how old you're. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly, is, I'm certainly evil enough. Mm. It was, <laughs> I think, the best, best part of that show was uh, Steve Martin for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and the plant, obviously. Yeah, you're stuck with Audrey too when you when Audrey you get too, to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Just, a massively physical part, though. For for the actual uh, stage show of it, there's a massively physical part to play to play Audrey too. Mm. Crazy, Darren. I don't know. 
I mean, I can go back to Rock of Ages because I'd love to play the part of Drew in that, but A, I'd be too old, B, I can't play guitar, C, I can't sing, and D, I can't dance. So it's probably. But those same. aside. But those aside, I'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, no, probably. You've got time. Yeah, I've got time. No, I can't really think of anything that. Oh, I mean, it doesn't have to be music, it could be a, a player or anything like that as well. So. Mm. Michelle. What, you'd like to play me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, just yeah, Matilda. I think that like the main part of Matilda is such a charismatic little role and cheeky, mischievous, and I just that would just be such a lovely little role to play. But Toby wasn't me. <laughs> it was your phone. Yeah, Matilda would be my if I could go back and do a role. That would be a good one. I sure would say if you could turn back time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So yes, it would be Danny Zuko, I think. Danny Zuko, because I did. Uh, we Zuko. did Greece at school, and it was Kaniki, but I really I understudied Danny, but never got the chance to do it. So yeah, that would have been a nice one to do. I did Greece in two thousand and four. David Artis was was Danny. Really? Yeah, and I played uh, Sunny Latiera, and in the in the in the uh, the big famous summer night song, man is the could you give me a friend? And he goes doing. I had a scar in my forehead from every night that that comb would get bent a little bit further back. And, yeah, a little cut by the end of the run of, of nice. Like, it's for the art, though, darling. It's for the art, yes. It was a for the Commedia dell'arte. It was a four-week run as well. Oh, so was that it? was that was a lot. A four-week run. Yeah, we did we did two weeks of Rocky Horror and then four weeks of Greece. Oh, Rocky Horror! Now there is wow. one that we could do. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I mean that's it. Rocky Horror is, is is a great show, and it's a small cast as well, which is why it probably doesn't get done by any of the, the societies mm. over here because you'd be alienating ninety percent of your membership to do it. So it's a shame that it's a good yeah. show. But it is, it's a fantastic show. I mean, it's well, it's nineteen years since it was last done, so it's what over here. Yeah, is it really? Yeah, yeah. you've got time to get in the gym as well, Neil. Oh, I'm never going to get back to that. I'm, I'm, no. more. They did it more Eddie. recently in Peel. Yeah, Eddie, yeah I was going to say more, more like Boyeri, yes. Did you say Shapahara? No, Rocky no, 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 Horror. Rocky Horror, yeah. That would be a fantastic one. That really would be good fun to do. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You could pad out the cast, though, because there's plenty of ensemble scenes that you could get away with. There's only really the time warp where mm. there's a lot of ensemble. Everything else is literally just sort of... I think you could add zombies. I think you could definitely add zombies in there. <laughs> The zombie horror picture show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just do a rewrite. Yeah. You don't have to rewrite. Just they can just be in there, no lines, just groaning. Just, just there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay then. So let's let's get that onto the to, to the last one that I'm going to go with, go with today. So this is our Spotify playlist. So back in 2020, after the the big lockdown, we came up with our a Spotify playlist, which was going to be our ultimate musical theatre playlist. Neil King and I, when we set it up, we each added 10 songs of our own in, just to get it started, because, you know, who wants to list, listen to a playlist with two songs? Then since then, every guest that we've had on the podcast has added a song. Um, let's have a quick look. Let's see what some of the choices that we've had. So, Ooh, I recognise a few names on it, yeah. Yeah, so um, Tony Eccles chose When I Grew Up from Matilda. Michelle Kane, last time round, chose From Now On. No, she didn't. No. I read the I read the opposite line there. So Michelle Kane wrote, for, chose For Good from Wicked. If you're good, I might let you have a second one this time round as well. Um, who wrote, Jeff Pugh chose You'll Be Back from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrissy Sutcliffe chose I Am What I Am from Le Cage Fall. And... There's a Toby Smith on there. Yeah, Toby Smith chose Working on the Land from Martin Gare. Strangely, nobody else has chosen anything from Martin Gare yet. It's, 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 it's like I'm the only person in the world who likes that show. I can't comment because I've never heard of it. Never heard of it either. Exactly, gentlemen. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, never, it never did that, that well, really. It did, did it? superbly well. Yeah. Because I went to see it every time. Every show. All three shows. All three. All three shows. <laughs> and the matinee. And the matinee. Free, free student tickets. Hey, went in. It helped. <laughs> so, Darren, Apparently that is coming back, by the way. Yeah. We had this conversation last time. We did, indeed, yes. yes. It hasn't made it back yet, but you know, it's, Not yet, it's coming. But I'm still, you it's know, if, if you believe, oh. you can make it happen. Okay. Maybe Darren can direct that one next year. No. Maybe. Darren, okay, what song would you like to add and why? I'm stuck between two. Okay. So, one of them's a very traditional musical theatre song, and one's a medley from Rock of Ages. Okay. So, the, I'll say both, and you select one. That's okay. The thing about. So, the first one is from Chess. Ooh. I know him so well. That was one of the first songs I remember hearing as a kid, and thinking, ooh, that's from a stage show, so musicals must be good. Just 
Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon's version yeah. was phenomenal. Mm. Um, saw it recently as well at one of the um, do's at the villa. I think it was Lisa Kreisky and Chrissy Sutcliffe did it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That was really good as well. And then from Rock of Ages, there's a medley of Heaven by Dan Yankees, To Be With You from Mr. Big, and More Than Words from Extreme. And the original cast recording from the Broadway show is the, is the version that's on Spotify. So I let you choose from one of those two. Okay. Because I don't want to. <laughs> and and why 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 specifically those those two? Um they were all songs that I remember from the eighties yeah. for various reasons. Um I remember buying the Mr. Big album just because it had the coolest train crash on the front and that was the first song on it. Yeah. And for a ballad to be the first song on a rock album was, mm. was unusual. Um Extreme More Than Words was just a beautiful song. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. Um just acoustic guitar, voices and yeah, it was lovely. Um, and Heaven by Damn Yankees was one of the first ones I saw on Headbangers Ball um, when we first got a access to MTV. And it was just such a weird video, but the song was so beautiful that the video and the, the, the song just didn't go together. But I just loved the song. Yeah. Um, so seeing those three put together in a medley sung by various characters in the show, yeah, it's my favourite one on the soundtrack by a long way. Excellent. So yeah, so toss up between those two. Marvellous. So, Michelle, do you want to add a second one on? Go on, man. The song that goes like this from Spamalot, the Monty Python. <laughs> it's just so comical. I just, I, I love it. I laugh every time I hear it. And the first time I ever actually remember hearing it was during when we were auditioning for Rapunzel back in 2017. Yeah. That was honestly the first time I'd ever heard. And I thought, oh, this is absolutely genius. What is this from? And I was like, how have you never heard this song before? And since then, I've heard it, you know, obviously a few times and seen it performed several times. And yeah. Did you see the DCU's version? Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun, that show. It was brilliant. And it, it puts a smile on your face. Mm. What better song to choose than that? Exactly. Tobin Mori? Uh, well, you're one of your my recent uh, absolute favourite shows is obviously Back to the Future. Oh, yes. Oh. And uh, probably the best, most memorable track from that is the uh, first track in the, is the first song in the um, second act, which is called Future Boy. But then I also just had a very quick look through the list and I realised there wasn't anything in there from Oklahoma. Oh. Which is unforgivable, mm -hmm. really. If I was going to choose uh, a number from that, I'd be choosing The Farmer and the Cowman. Ooh. I love that song. So which is going to be then? Future Boy or Farmer of the Cowman? I think it's going to be Future Boy. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll have to wait until someone else picks something from Oklahoma. There. Someone should. Yes. Okay. Great. Brilliant. Right then. That then brings us to the end, people. Thank you very much for your, for your time today. Thank you very much for having us. So One Man to Governors then at the Gaiety Theatre from the 22nd to the 24th of June, 7.30pm, with a bonus matinee performance on the 24th of June at 2.30pm. If you've not done so already, make sure you get your tickets from villagaiety.com or by calling 600 555 or visiting the Welcome Centre or the Villa Gaiety box office. Toby, Michelle, Darren, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you all at rehearsals tonight. See you later. See you later. Bye. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. I'll Listen, the charity that supports young people's mental health, are staging a concert called Young Stars of Man at the Gaiety Theatre on the 27th of July. The concert will feature some of the best up-and-coming youth talent on the island, including the current Young Actor of Man, Young Singer of Man, the Youth Bard, Guild Winners and Emily Jackson and Joseph Delaney, who are the current UK Juvenile Classical Sequence Champions, amongst many, many others. This proves to be a great evening's entertainment and it's supporting a very worthy charity. The Douglas Choral Union will be holding their auditions for their 2024 production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Evita on the weekend of the 30th of June to the 2nd of July. Check out their Facebook page for details of how to register and what parts are available. The DCU Choir, which formed after last year's production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, will be performing two summer concerts on Saturday 15th of July at 7.30pm at St Peter's Church in Onken and on Sunday 16th of July at 2.30pm at the Erin Arts Centre. Details on how to get tickets are available on their Facebook page. I've also shared this post on Facebook, so you'll be able to find it there and, and have a look at that too. The Manx Operatic Society have issued a save-the-date notice for the auditions for their 2024 production of Oliver. Auditions for Fagan and Nancy will be held on the 23rd of July, the 1st of September for adult principal roles, the 2nd of September for all children's roles, and the 3rd of September for adult ensemble and any callbacks that are required. Registration information will be issued on their Facebook page very, very shortly. Your Facebook feed is probably filled with lots of pictures of half-naked men at the moment because Two Feathers Productions are staging a musical version of The Full Monty at the Gaiety Theatre from the 15th to the 22nd of July. 
We should hopefully have a chat with a few members of the cast, preferably fully clothed, in a forthcoming episode. Then, as the summer hits full swing, Taylorian Productions are back on stage with Kinky Boots the Musical. They also have recently announced that the lead role of Lola will be played by West End actor Nicholas McLean, who, until very recently, was playing the role of Bok in Wicked. Once again, on the middle Sunday of their two-week run, Taylorian are presenting Sunday Night at the Gaiety, which will be a variety show involving performances of songs from some of your favourite musicals performed by some of the island's best performers and me. Well, with that, we bring episode 46 to a close. Thanks once again to Toby, Michelle and Darren for joining me today on the podcast. We wish them and everyone involved with the Service Place production of One Man, Two Governors all the very best. Remember to go and book your tickets by visiting the Villagaiti box office, the Welcome Centre, villagaiti.com or by calling 600 Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget, check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast and that's all one word. There's almost 80 tracks there and over five hours of show tunes there to satisfy your musical theatre needs. If you have any events you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is to say thanks for listening and I hope you join me again next time. I've been Neil Callan and you've been listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive. For me.